1 John chapter 2 and verse 7. Let's stand together and read. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. And he that saith, he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even unto now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I didn't title this message, but I almost titled it, Blinded by the Darkness. But instead, I chose to give it another title. We'll talk about that in just a minute. David leads us to the throne of grace. Amen. Last week we looked at obedience confirms our standing. We said this. Assurance depends on obedience. Attitude depends on obedience. Abiding depends on obedience. And our affection depends on obedience. Now that affection, the Lord chose to take that to another level. And if obedience confirms our standing, then love commands our standing. So with the help of God tonight, I want to preach on love commands our standing. The Apostle John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos and, and he returned to Ephesus. And unlike the other disciples, he lived to be an old man and died of natural causes. It is said that the old apostle insisted on being in every congregation, in his congregation in Ephesus, for every meeting. Jerome, the historian, tells us that when he was too old to walk and too weak to preach, the people would carry him in the services. And unable to preach, he had to be content with just one sentence sermon. And the one sentence message that he constantly preached was this, little children love one another. On one occasion, someone came and said, Master, why do you always say the same thing? His reply was, because the Lord commanded that we are to love one another. If you'll study the history of the early church, you'll find that this love for one another and others was an identifying mark of the Christian. Uh, Moravian missionaries went into Greenland, and the first year, they made absolutely no headway whatsoever. 
And then they had an epidemic of smallpox. And everybody just got just tremendously, multitudes were sick. And the missionaries, for some reason, were immune to it and went in and, and uh, helped them and, and, and took care of them and buried their dead and uh, nursed the sick and, and cared for all these people. And after they got better, the people said, now that you've done all of this, now tell us of your religion. And multitudes of them come to know Christ. Obedience is the method, then love is the motivation. Now there's two extremes with this. Some people, God just love everybody with no boundaries. Well, that's not obedience. And then sometimes we can get so so obedient in certain areas and so so uh, pull the things so tight that we fail to love. But God wants obedience as a method, but love as a motivation. John 14, 15 says it in one verse. If ye love me, keep my commandments. If ye love me, keep my commandments. As a matter of fact, 1 John 2, 5 says this, Be by whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Now, it, one of the, if you, you get, have this kind of love, then obedience will be a very natural thing for you to do because this kind of love is always attached to obedience. And obedience is always attached to this kind of love. When you see one, you'll automatically see the other. We find in this passage, though, three things I want to give you. Number one, we see the law of love. Brethren, verse 7, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Four times... John speaks of love as a commandment. It is a law that's not an option, but it is to be obeyed. And it ought to govern the life of a Christian. 1 John 2, 3 and 4. And hereby we do, we do know that we know Him, that we know Him if we keep His commandments. And he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, notice how he describes his commandment. Number one, established in the past. He said, brethren, I write no new commandment. He goes on to describe this commandment as an old one. 
and, uh, and, and the fact being that he was in the beginning. And he demonstrates how this ought to be done. It ought to be done two ways. Number one, vertically, this way, speaks of a love for God. Deuteronomy 6, 4, O Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Now, there's where we got to start. And then we got to love horizontally. And that's loving one another. And thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Boy, in that Leviticus 19, listen to what he said. And thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So number one, he established it in the past. It's been in the beginning. Number two, but then he comes along and he elevates it into the present. He takes the old commandment and elevates it into the present time. I write no new commandment unto you. But then in verse 8 he says, again, a new commandment. I write unto you. Now, if you didn't know better, you'd say, man, he's, he's got all time. He's slipping. Because just one verse, he's contradicted himself, but he's really not. There's no contradictions in the Word of God. The word new there speaks of new in origin and existence. It has the ideal of that which has always been becoming fresh and new in our hearts. I have forgot what I'm going to say. Oh my goodness. How this message has challenged my heart. It is, it's, he said, I write a new commandment. He said, I want it to be fresh in all your hearts. And every person here, Everyone that says I'm a Christian and saved by the grace of God ought to be leading somebody to the Savior. And I believe it's got to start with what's in your heart. It's got to start with a love for those folks. Well, we had one of the best messages yesterday, and man, how challenging it was on this very fact. See, when he says this new commandment I write you, which thing is true in him, Jesus, and in you. Because here's why. The darkness. Can I help you? Lost people, lost people will never be able to love in this fashion. Now, I didn't say they couldn't love. I said they could not love in this fashion. But he says, the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Now, the Lord then brings this love to a whole new level. And here's what he says. He said, now let me tell you how I want you to love those people. Here's what he said. A new commandment I've given you that you love one another. Here's how he said I want you to do it. As I 
have loved you, that ye also love one another. How many of you know that God loves you? Amen? How much do you know about that? Just how much do you really know the fact that He loved you so much? Well, let me just tell you a few things of how He loved you. Number one, Jesus loves you without limits. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. Romans 8, 38 said this, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God said, now listen, it's where it gets really challenging. God said, that's how I loved you, and that's how I want you to love others. If you love somebody because they do something for you, or don't do something for you, you don't love them, that's manipulation. If you put a condition, I'm going to love you if you do this. But if you don't do this, I'm just, I don't know we're going, I'm going to love you or not. That is manipulation. That's not love. Love, he loved us with no limits. Number two, Jesus loves us sacrificially. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand when he found you, you was a hell-bound, low-down, dirty, stinking sinner? And if you've never got there, if you've never seen yourself in that fashion, I, I just need to report to you, you're lost and you're still there. You're just in, you're blinded by the darkness. You don't even see it. Number three, Jesus loves us without conditions. Oh, I love that. His love is without equal or without measure. And he comes and said, now this is the law of love that I want you to have. He said, now, number two. So not only is it a law of love, by the way, it's not an option. God's not saying, if you, if you feel like it, if it's okay, if you think about it, if it works good out for you, won't you? No, no, it's a commandment. And let, let me help you. Oh, I, I, and, and it's a little bit tougher when it's not quite because but you're, you're probably our greatest backbone of our church. But, there, but there's something that's happening in Christianity that's un, unreal. We deliberately break the commandments of God and here's what's, here's what's, here's what's really alarming me as a pastor is we don't consider it sin. We, we don't look at it as sin. We, 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 don't, we don't look at it as sin. Sin that nailed him to a cross. Sin like homosexuality. It's a sin. Sin like stealing murder. Sin. 
and we don't, we don't look at his sin. I, I'm amazed at this one. Forsaken not the assembling of ourselves together. God didn't give an option there. God didn't say if it's okay. God, that, and that is sin. And when you refuse to forgive and love someone, that's sin. And we have to realize what it is. And until we're willing to acknowledge it's sin, then we never treat it like sin and get it under the blood of Jesus and get it cared for. My goodness, it, it is alarming. It is alarming. But the law of love. Number two, the love of love. Since loving one another is a commandment, then it ought to be a priority in our life. Notice what this love requires. During the days in a Revolutionary War, there was a, a Baptist preacher by the name of Peter Miller in Pennsylvania. He's a, he was a real close friend to George Washington. And in the town where Miller pastored, there was a man by the name of Michael Whitman. And he did everything in his power to abuse and attack Pastor Miller. But there came a day that Whitman was arrested and, and, and sentenced to death for his crime. When the preacher heard about it, he walked 70 miles to Philadelphia to plead for the man's life. Since he was a close friend of Washington, they let him in. And Washington said to him, Peter, I can't grant the life of your friend. Pastor Miller replied, oh, Sir, you don't understand. He's the bitterest enemy I've ever had. And Washington was literally taken back and he said, You walked 70 miles to save the life of an enemy? He said, Well, that puts the matter in a whole different light. And he granted the pardon, and they walked back home, not as enemies, but as friends. The life of love is God telling us that we've got to reach out to others and love them, not those that love us. That's easy. That's easy. But loving those that hate you, that mistreat you, that don't deserve it. I hate to tell you this, but when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, He died with you in mind while you was cussing Him, getting drunk, smoking weed, ungodly sin. He loved you when you hated him. Now, I don't even lie to you, folks. I've just been very honest. Well, this has challenged my heart. I don't love very well. I, I mean, being very honest. But I, I'm going to work on it. Amen? I don't love very well. Uh, well I was talking to, to some of the family, and, and uh, I was talking about, you know, they grew up and not huggy and all this kind of stuff. And, well, I didn't either. You know, we didn't. You know, we didn't. We didn't grow up hugging and all this stuff. I met Darlene, and first time I walked in the house, and 
You know, she hugged her mom and she hugged her brothers. And I thought, my God, this strange people. What's wrong with them? You can do that stuff. And I'll be honest with you, it's not, it's not something that comes very natural for me to do. It's not very natural for me to, to do that. But you know what? God didn't care if it's natural for me or not. A life of love is one that He commands. So all of love, it's the life of love. And that's what love requires. And it's a, it, is, it is a choice. It's an act of the will. It's to, this, love, this love that Jesus is talking about is, is not, it's bigger than a, it's more than a feeling. But it's an act of the will. It's a choice. We choose to love people. And then we choose to show them love. And um, it's the kind of love that performs. It's the kind of love that acts. So what this love reveal requires is that. Number two, what this love reveals is even bigger. He that saith, he's in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. And we saw last week, if obedience is a test of us being saved, then John brings it up and says, Love is also a test of whether you're saved or not. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there's none occasion of stumbling in him. You stop and say this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of this, and I'm not proud of it. It breaks my heart. But I got a hunch that there's a lot of people going to stumble into hell over those that say they're in the light, but they're not in the light. They're not even saved. And a multitude's going to stumble into hell because of that darkness. He said when we are in the light, there's no occasion. In other words... There's nothing for them to stumble over. They can see. They see. It is absolutely amazing to me. The Bible says, He that hath his brothers in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. He's blinded by the darkness. I thought he's amazing. Now I thought, well, how in the world... Could a person be blinded by... I know we'd be blinded by light. Paul was blinded by light. But how do you get blinded by darkness? Well, it is staying in it. You know, how many of you went to Limbo Caverns when you was uh, young and going down? I mean, it's pitch black darkness. I remember if the story's correct, if I remember correctly, they told us the fish in there are blind. How many remembers that? You know why? Because of the darkness. The darkness. And so we find here in this text that he says, He that hateth his brothers in darkness. And here's the sad part. He don't even know he's there. Oh, how sad that is. He's spiritually blind. And he cannot live as a Christian. He cannot love as a Christian because he's not a Christian. He's not a Christian. 
Oh, don't, don't miss this. We need to expect those that are not the lost to act like Christians. They're not. And so we find here, he says and, uh, that it's a life of love. But then last of all, I see the Lord of love. Jesus Christ took the old commandment and he said, I want to put some freshness on it and make it new because here's what he said. He, he exemplifies real love. If you want to see real love, Look at Jesus. He is the greatest demonstration of love there is. His love is without limits and without conditions. Jesus showed the world what real love was all about. For God served you and me that He gave His only begotten Son that you and me would not have to perish but that you and me could have eternal life. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about Him. You don't have to walk around with a big old badge on say, I love! No. If you love Jesus, everybody and their brother will know it. And you don't even have to wear the button. It'll be in your actions. It'll be in your speech. It'll be at home. You know, we can put on a pretty good show here at church. I mean, we can, put, we can deceive most everybody that's here. But when we walk into our house and our homes, we display that we're either in light or we're in darkness. I'm not saying that we have to love sin, but God loves the sinner. The Lord on one occasion took a little whip and walked into the temple, and they was in our uh, uh, with the money changers, he just turned over all the tables, run that crowd out, said, you made a house of, made the house of prayer, I did a thieves. God didn't say you couldn't hate sin. I think we've got to hate sin. But God also said we can't hate the sinner. And we're not careful, we put the two together. So many times, do we not? God loves the sinner, but hate the sin. So not only does he exemplify real love, right now, well, dealt with, I mean, this, this message wore me out this week. And I'm glad, I, I want God to be able to speak to me. I really do. I praise God he can speak to me. But I wonder right now, and if so, you don't get unnerved. I found me a place. And I said, dear Jesus. Because I had some people come to mind. that I said, God, if you'll help me. If you'll help me, I'll try to love them. I wonder, who is it right now? Hey, hey. We'll just whisper it so nobody wants to. It's 
How many's got a family member that's real hard for you to love? Don't don't raise your hand. You know why? Because I got a hunch we all do. I I I, I dare not ask this question lightly. How many's got a family member that's done you wrong? Don't even raise your hand. And you know what they've done you wrong. But all you say, but I just tell you, I just can't love them. And I want you to listen to me very, very careful. This kind of love, God empowers real love. This commandment that demands is not natural for us. It's a kind of love that goes against our nature. John says, our nature has to be changed. Jesus says we're no longer in darkness, but we're in the light. Let me, let me illustrate with a story I read by Ray Stedman. It tells about a woman that came to him. And when she told him what had happened, and the truth is, She'd been treated unjustly. And it was eating her heart out. Left her angry and bitter. He told the woman, said, you must find it in your heart to forgive this person. She looked at him and said, I, I can't forgive her. I, I'll never forgive her. But God says you must. She said, but I can't. I love this. He said, if you can't, then you need to face the fact that you're not saved and you're not a Christian. Because if you can't forgive, then you've never been born again. Wow. He said she looked as if a light had been turned on. And she said, I guess you're right. I know I'm a Christian and I see that I've just been deceiving myself. And I need to forgive. That's what John's saying here. Here tonight, genuine love is God loving you. And you've trusted Him as your Lord and Savior. And the light's on. Hallelujah. Then he says, now, I want you to love this away just like I've loved you that way. It's not a ma manipulative love. It's not the kind of love. So, you know, I'm going to love you if you do this, but if you don't do this, you know, I just don't know if I'm going to love you anymore. That's manipulation, and that's sin, and that's wrong. That's wrong. Real love is, I'm going to love you no matter what you do. Now, I may not like your sin. And I don't think you sin. I'm saying, if you was a dope addict, drunk, I may not agree with your sin. I may not like your sin. I may not, I, may, I don't have to love your sin that you're in. However, I'm going to love you. The greatest story, rich young ruler, one day come to Jesus. 
He said, Good master, I know you're a great teacher. What must I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, You know the commandments? And he said, Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done all of them. All of them. And if you'll read the text, it stops right in the center. And Jesus tells us something that's the most amazing thing. And Jesus loved him. And then he said, Take all that you have, sell it, give it to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. And the Bible says he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. But the Bible says, Jesus said, he loved him. Tonight, if we give it a little bit of thought, we've all got somebody and done right, in some cases, unjustly. <laughs> in some cases, plain out lying on you. In some cases, even very ugly and brutal. We may not be able to change what they do. But don't miss this. We don't have to give them our spirit. We don't have to give them that. And tonight, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're there, find you a place, water you a place out, and you say, Dear Jesus, I, I forgive them. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm going to let them have I'm, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to go there. Because at the end of the day, bitterness, unforgiveness, only hurts you. Because you'll take that into your house and everywhere you go and you and, and folks won't know the love of Christ that's in you. So here tonight, if obedience is a method and confirms our standing, then love commands and is the motivation of our standing. Tonight, first of all, and I, I'm just as serious as I can be. I didn't ask you if you're a church member. I didn't ask you if your name's been on. I don't care if your name's been on the roll of Saul Rock Baptist Church since its existence. It means nothing. I'm going to ask you one question. Right now, do you know beyond a shadow of any doubt that you're saved? The next question gets a little tougher. If I go to your house and ask your family, do they believe you're saved? What would they say? Because if that light never shines, then it's just not there. And one day, Jesus is going to come and, you're, and it could be just a moment's time and we'll be gone and maybe five or ten. One writer said, it's in his opinion, that only 5% of the people in our pews really know Jesus Christ as Savior. 
and Jesus is going to come, bam, we're going to be gone, and you're going to be left behind. And the darkness will be like you've never seen. So tonight, we need to take a real good look at our hearts and say, are we safe? Do we know? Number two, how are we obeying the commandment? How are we obeying the commandment? And if we're not obeying the commandments, when are we going to deal with the sin? When are we going to deal with the sin? We're quick. We're so quick to want to judge the sin of, of, of some of these uh, homosexuality and, and, and drinking and doping and all this kind of stuff. And we should, but we're not quick to deal with the sin of disobedience. And we've got to deal with that. Because it's as much a sin. So I hate to tell you this. Say, God don't have a level of sin. Sin is sin inside of God. And so tonight, for sin, if you have not, if you're obeying the commandments of God, I, and you say, well, how do I know which ones? God's done touched your heart about which ones already. The only question is, what you're going to do with it? What you're going to do with it? So tonight, let's all stand to our feet.